Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. They're a benefit, it's not my problem. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Conan, what is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of their women. Groovy. Can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. The girl's got to have her standards. It gives her a sense of control in a world full of chaos. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in the philosophy of a ruling class, especially since I rule. You have offended my family, and you have offended the Shaolin Temple. Okay, and welcome to another episode of Cult of Classics, the show where we talk about cult classic movies and uh, have fun with them. Today, <laughs> today we're going to be talking about The Evil Dead. I'm your host, Tarver Peterson, joined by Liam Kelly. How you doing, Liam? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> you making fun of my intro? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, show where we talk about cult classics and uh, enjoy it. So. Uh, I'm Derry Marbles. Yeah. <laughs> You're to Thought for Your Thoughts on NPR. Yeah, it did come off a little NPR. It's like, this is the fucking show where we talk about movies. Let's get it. <laughs> Excuse me. Evil Dead. Evil Dead. It, uh, Sam Raimi, his first really big hit, came out in 1981. Um, and this is every movie about a bunch of dumb kids going to the woods in the cabin or just being in the woods. A lot of them all came from this movie, okay? The, the, every cliche, everything that is now cliche in horror films, I feel like, a lot of it came from this. Yeah, yeah. A lot of, uh, I mean, like, when you look at Joss Whedon's, like, uh, Cabin in the Woods. Well, that is, like, dr- yeah, I mean, this movie it's is... It's a direct rip. It's, yeah, a, it's dra- a, dra- a parody. parody. Well, yeah, th- that movie's, like, a meta take on the Cabin in the Wood film. Yeah, but, like, all those tropes that are now tropes yeah. started here. A lot of them came from here, so, yeah. for sure. All right, uh, in our opening scene, uh, we've got a POV shot um, that was actually done with Sam Raimi riding on a boat, <laughs> a, like a little dinghy, and Bruce Campbell pushing him. Bruce Campbell's like in the water pushing him. And, he's just a fucking serpent. Yeah, and he's just on the boat. And the POV throughout this movie is really great. It, I mean, it's not the first film that uh, has, has used it effectively. Jaws did, obviously. Halloween used it really, really well. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this movie does it. I mean, it just does it well. And it's like, it's villain POV specifically. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was trying to pick two villain POV examples. Yeah. This is, and I, I wanted to go back to the, the whole Sam Raimi on a boat thing because it's just, like we were talking about this earlier. It's something I can imagine you and me doing. Yeah. Just yeah. like to try and get a shot. I'm just putting you like fucking got you in a wheelbarrow and you're yeah. holding the camera and I'm just yeah. like, oh, go, oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> like, we fucking got it. Ain't no unions out here. Let's get it. Every, everything that you see in this movie Imagine the simplest way that you would do it, and that's the way they did it, probably. Yeah. I mean, most likely. Um, everything. Like, the shots where the camera would, like, rush towards the door, um, where it was like you were supposed to be the evil rushing towards the door, it was just him, it was Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi having the camera on, like, a piece of wood and <laughs> lowering it and then them running. <laughs> and it looks like that a little bit. Yeah, it does. It's not like it's not like a steady cam shot. It's bumpy. It's yeah. moving around. It's far from perfect. But like instead of a very like 
steady shot that you have that's something that's clearly on a dolly like you might have seen in like Halloween or yeah. something where it's like is it a spirit is it just right. who's tracking this person it's just like who is this is there a crackhead following these people yeah. like, he's <laughs> jittering around it looks like a crazed person running after them yeah and uh, it's it's great they do that throughout the movie um, just there's this unseen evil that you never get to see for this movie um, it actually has relevance for the second and third movies, but for this one, it, you never get to see it, but it's ever-present. It, it, um, it's pretty cool. All right, so we start with f- uh, five kids uh, in a car driving to a cabin, and I think their names are Scott's Driving, mm-hmm. and Scott is a fucking prick. Like from the from the first five minutes of the movie, we're like, okay, well, Scott needs to die because <laughs> he is an asshole. He sucks. He sucks dick. Um, at one point they're driving to the cabin and um, they're, they drive past two guys that are waving at him and that's actually the producer and Sam Raimi. Yeah. And, um, but he's just like, he was honking the horn and then the guy's just waving. He's like, I'm not fucking honking at you, dumbasses. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? He is only mildly tolerable when he is brink of death. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he's, that's the only time that you're like, oh, Scott. Like, it's yeah, only I like, don't feel bad for him. Yeah, I don't either, because I'm just kind of like, are you, yeah, good. Well, you remember he dies because he was like, I'm going to leave y'all here. Fuck y'all. I'm getting <laughs> down here. He's like, oh, we can't leave. And he's like, fuck y'all. Yeah. And he just leaves them in the cabin. I don't feel bad for him at all. And he didn't even get the worst tree treatment in this movie. That's true. The, the, tree, the trees are pretty bad. Look, you know, we... We've been through some rough movies so far on this podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know which order this one will come out, but we talk about some rough content on this on these classic films, and um, this movie is no exception. There's some rough handling. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's yeah, it's tough. It's, I'm not gonna lie, but it is like it's a it's a it's so bad that it's like famous for how horrible it is, and how like crazy it is. Doesn't it kind of remind you of like Tentacle Hentai? A little bit. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't get down with that. I don't care for it. Do you like it? <laughs> you look at me like you liked it. No, maybe when I was younger. <laughs> I'm grown now. I'm grown now, and I understand that it was uh, not consensual. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know how anybody can consent with a tree, though. Yeah. I, I don't understand that. But anyway. It would have to be the most awkward thing in the world, is being like, I'm okay with this! Yeah. And the tree is fine by me. <laughs> um, but fucking... The 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 cool thing about this movie is that there's it's an hour and twenty five minutes. Yeah. So like nice and tight. It's really tight. And the second one is too. You can watch the second one in an hour twenty five. I actually just made I just housed both of them last night back to back. I just <laughs> put it, watched one and I was like, fuck it, I'll watch the second one. Yeah. Both of these together does not equal one Avengers movie. And I'm gonna watch the third one probably tonight. Oh shit, you're getting wild. <laughs> I just had to see. I just want to see Ash's journey. I'm getting spooky in October. Are you gonna watch the series afterwards? There's so much content for this project, which makes me really happy because Bruce Campbell has a great. Bruce Campbell has a great book. I don't know. Blake just peeked up behind us. I was trying to look at popping our... in. If you listen to Tap Snaps, you know that Blake is uh, a a constant he just, source he, of yeah. fuckery. He just he came in and asked if he could see our dicks. I was like, no, Blake. For the fiftieth fucking time tonight. <laughs> no. Podcast sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bud. And anyway, <laughs> anyway, so um, shit. Where was I? I don't know. I Blake has he has se- like severe attachment issues. Yeah, and you know we we miss him, but it's 
he's got his own stuff to to focus on right now, and you know he's just, we we can't all be on all the podcasts all the time. Oh, it was all the content for this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, so as a quick aside, um, Bruce Campbell's a really fucking amazing guy. There's a lot of great backstory about this film. Um, he put up his family home to help make this movie possible. Sam Raimi and him are high school friends. Yeah, are friends from at least from high school. They have an incredible relationship together. Bruce Campbell has a really good book about like his life as like a B movie actor. Yeah, and where he kind of details like you think I have a lot of money, I don't. Right. He right. just kind of goes through how much like his ex wife left him. He you know, and like I think he'd averaged to him making about seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah, living in you know L.A. That's nothing. nothing. So yeah. probably well below the poverty line. So any work that he gets, I'm super happy for because like, well, he's he, got that burn notice money now, baby. Over well, hundred episodes. That's right. Yeah, he does. So now he's probably doing pretty good. Yeah. But look, Bruce Campbell is maybe the second best actor in this movie. <laughs> I'll um, give him number one. No, dude, I think that girl Cheryl is the best. Cheryl? Yeah, I think Cheryl's the best. Okay. Okay. I, yeah, Cheryl did a pretty good job. Yeah, I mean, there's a scene or two where where Bruce is still real young, and you could. Man, when he's pouting and he like kicks the glass oh, yeah. like that, I was like. Mm. As another quick aside, Bruce Campbell gets thrown into so many bookshelves in oh, this movie. Fuck yeah. He gets thrown like three or four separate <laughs> yeah. times into different bookshelves, and they all just shatter. There's one great scene towards the end, which I I, I know we're gonna get to it, but he's like, it, you can tell he's trying to make it look like he's struggling underneath a bookshelf, but he has his arm wrapped around yeah, one of the yeah, shelves yeah. from underneath it, and he's using it to like hold himself down when yeah. he tries to press his torso. Up. I was like, man. And you went for it. Yeah, he it really It was does. a choice. It was a choice for sure. It was obvious, and it didn't look very good. But he sure he committed. He really did. He, he really committed did. like a motherfucker. He's not a great actor by any means. He's kind of goofy, and he's got the strongest unibrow to have oh ever. My <laughs> Dude, there's a scene. There's a scene with Linda and him when they're like playing coy when he's trying to give her his necklace. Yeah. And you just see they do close-ups with like her eyes and then his unibrow. And I'm they like, man, zero in on them. I was like, <laughs> the early '80s were it was a different time yeah. because this is not popping now. This yeah. is not popping. Except for Bruce Campbell, who I know separately from from you know a lot of his his different bodies of work. I had major snow blindness watching this movie. Yeah, you forget them all. I couldn't tell them apart. You can't like, tell them apart. You at, can't remember their names. In the beginning, there is zero backstory given to any of the fucking characters. <laughs> and you don't learn anything about them. No, I'm t- and you, in the third act of this movie, you find out that two of the characters are related. You find out yeah. that <laughs> Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, is... Short for Ashley. Ashley. <laughs> Which is just like, I haven't heard that used as a man's name since fucking Gone with the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley! <laughs> but um, you find out that uh, Cheryl, the girl who's who is the first to turn and is locked in the cellar, is his fucking sister. <laughs> it is. I didn't even notice it until you told me. Yeah, it is never mentioned. And I it's did like, not know that. It's like an offhand line too. She's like, "Let your sister out of the." You're like, "Wait, who? Who? Who are you talking to? You know, you're his sister." Like, okay. Which, which makes sense because one of my questions every time I watch this movie is like, "Why is Cheryl there?" Yeah. Because the other two are couples, Scott and um, uh, Shelly. Uh, Shelly, yeah. Scott and Shelly, and then uh, Ash and Linda yeah. are couples. And um, so I never really got... So I'm, I'm glad there was at least that bit of useless knowledge. That means nothing well, to Well, it any- kind of lends some... some- some some clarity to earlier in the movie, like before Cheryl gets turned into an Evil Dead, when um, Scott, when when Dickhead Scott is playing the recording and Cheryl right, right. starts freaking out, he's like, she's always acting like a fucking three year old. Like it would make sense that she's like his little sister or something like that, and he's annoyed <laughs> that she's there. Unfortunately, we have zero context for that, yeah, so we just so don't it understand just, it. It's a complete whiff, and we're like, yeah. Scott is a fucking 
dick. Well, Scott is a dick. <laughs> That's true, but like it's even it's like you could understand maybe a little annoyance if they had bothered to set up any of these relationships. Anything, yeah, you just like you're you're left to infer even that these the two. It's hard to even tell who's a couple until right. about forty five minutes into because the movie. everybody's just like scared and grabbing on people. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, is that so? He's with her. And then, like, until that unibrow scene, I, I was like, okay, so that's Ash's girl. That, that, that was the purpose of that scene. <laughs> yeah. Because you would have had no idea. No idea. Anyway, so act one is all of them getting to the cabin. And they get to the cabin. And right away, the, the movie, this movie does a great thing about keeping the action. And it really does it with that POV shot. That POV shot of, like, the monster or the unseen evil moving through the woods keeps the action pressing throughout this movie. Like, anytime there's a stupid lull or anytime the characters are, like, trying to be funny or cute, we cut back to that POV running through the woods and, like, you're like, oh, shit, there's a monster. What ha- yeah, and what happens at the beginning is, like, it, it grabs the car wheel of, of Ash's car that Scott's driving for some fucking unknown reason. Probably because they hadn't decided on whose car it was yet when they shot it. Yeah, and I guess Scott knew the way, but they had a map anyway. It didn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, so like it, it whips the car o- over to a semi. And one quick note, when, the, when they're shooting above that car... Uh, before the the car wheel turns and they almost hit the semi, the car is driving on the left side of the fucking road. <laughs> and this was filmed in Tennessee, all right? As far as I know, in Tennessee, you drive on the right side of the fucking road. Um, I don't know why the car was on the left side of the road, but anyway. The big Anglophiles in Tennessee. <laughs> we get to the fucking... Um, oh, that was nice. That was a nice little... Yeah, I like that term. Drop it all, all right. down. Yeah, and uh, they get to... They I went get, to college. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they arrive at the cabin... And uh, the cool thing uh, outside of the movie is that the actors actually lived at this cabin while they were shooting it. Um, it was horrifying. Yeah, it was horrible. They, they had Their conditions were horrible. They were freezing every fucking night. Um, Living on a they fucking fought horror all movie the time. Set. Yeah. Oh, they fought? All the, all the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, they said, yeah. And the interior, once we get into this cabin, man, um, the interior of this cabin is a fucking nightmare. As yeah. a set designer, I don't know. I guess it was just a cabin, but it seems like it goes on for miles. Yeah. The way they shoot it. Um, and it just, all the rooms look different. Everything is a fucking disarray. Uh, it's just fucking nuts to me. But it's also so, it's very minimal. Like the yeah. walls are all brick, just painted brick on the inside. Like even in the main rooms where there's supposed to be some like relief from the, the super horror places like in the basement and in that yeah, like yeah, a, yeah yeah there's like a back like devil shed that's got a dirt yeah, yeah, floor yeah. and shit but like even in the main room where they're like having dinner and all hanging out and socializing it's still creepy as fuck yeah yeah um the cool thing that uh sam raimi does in this movie is like so he has no budget essentially he's got like three hundred fifty thousand dollars, and most of that is used on the film for his camera and the camera itself because this is shot on film yeah well, I mean, it's made in the 70s, like the, the yeah. late 70s. Well, 70, so. yeah, it was the summer between 79 and 80, or the yeah. winter between 79 and 80. Yeah, so and 350, 350 grand still, like, okay, but not very much money at all. Not when you consider how much it costs. Uh, the, the cost of, like, production equipment back then was so much more than now. Oh, that Like, makes filming sense. on film yeah. is, like, now we're so blessed to be able to film in digital. Right. Where it, like... We can make a movie, like you and I could go out to Atlanta, if we had $500, like we could rent a camera, a nice camera for like several, like a week or two, and we could do a lot of shooting on that. I mean, it still is going to cost us thousands of dollars yeah. if we don't have like a super nice, but we could, we can rent it for a reasonable amount and we don't have to have the expense of film and the processing of film, oh, which yeah, is so yeah. expensive. So that's a big thing. And... um <clears throat> 
So yeah, they lived in this cabin, and what Sam what Sam Raimi did, which is so interesting to me, and I think cool, is that he shot this movie from so many fucking different angles. Like the camera is just like it's underneath here, it's underneath the stairs when they're walking down uh, to the cellar, it's above them periodically. It's uh, from the side of this like uh, bedpost. It's he puts the camera in so many different ways, which is a way if you don't have a lot of money for effects or if you don't have the money for equipment to have like nice dolly shots or like a slider or things like that, it allows you to get to keep the visual interesting. You know, you don't have good actors. You don't have a fucking like incredible set. You you just your special effects are all you only have money for the very end of the film for. Right. And so <laughs> it's a cool thing that he does because he, he really, he puts the camera on a piece of wood and him and his buddy carry it through the woods. You know, he puts it on a box or something on top of a car. You know, he puts himself on a boat and they push him in the water. Like he's, he's keeping it, he's really trying to make it visually interesting. Um, the only like critique I could give of that is I could say that there doesn't seem to be as much of a purpose for it as now in modern uh, horror tellings. Like it's way... Um, it's it's always it's time it's 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 always like it's within the mood or the emotional like currents what's going on in the film the camera can reflect that right is it's like a little a higher level of what he's doing is there being a purpose behind where you put the camera more yeah and this it doesn't it doesn't feel to me it feels more like a scatter shot of it's like put the camera here it looks a little bit it, put the camera here it looks neat here put the camera here it looks neat here and he's breaking up the monotony of just of like two shot over the shoulders wide. It's like he's breaking it up by putting the camera, tilting he's, it at different angles and he's adding runtime to his his shots he is, to, he like, is. Or to his movie. Because otherwise I mean if if this movie were just like, you know, close up on this person, close up on this person, mid range shot, like this horror here, horror here, discussion here, discussion here, it would be like forty five minutes long. Yeah. And a big thing that you guys that everyone if you want to make a horror film that you can take away from the Evil Dead that you can still take away and that he was still very clever to do is don't shoot fucking wides, man. Don't shoot big wides because when you shoot close like he does, when you shoot medium shots and close, you only need one or two wides in your whole film. Like only a couple to establish that we are actually in the woods, yeah. not in a not in a closet. Like we are in the woods. Like okay, I see them walking in the woods, but once they get in the house, man, most of these shots are close ups and medium shots. And uh, a, a perfect example of this is when Bruce, I'm sorry, when uh, Ash and uh, Cheryl are trying to escape. Mm-hmm in Ash's car and they get to the bridge when Cheryl runs out of that car and you just see an upshot of her with like car lights and fog in blackness. It looks really scary because mm-hmm. there you can barely see anything. You can just kind of see her and like a little bit of the the night sky, what yeah. you presume. And the car very far away from her. Right. But that could just be black velvet behind her yeah. with two fog machines next to her. It's blasting a light on her. Like and that looks scary. So the the less uh, size of your frame, I say, it gives you it gives you the ability to still make things scary with a lower budget. I think that's a technique that can be learned from still to this day. Excellent spook factor achieved. Absolutely, like don't shoot so fucking wide. All right, if you don't have that much money and you don't have an incredible location, shoot it closer. Tighten up. Shoot it closer. It's easier to light it. Your effects will get more bang for your buck. <laughs> Tighten up. Tighten yeah. that shit up. Tighten up. So that's my big note from Act One is um, that they, you know, it's kind of like it's it's what you expect. You know, they come to the cabin, they're joking around, shit starts happening, and nobody yeah. notices. Little things. Little things start knowing. Now Cheryl gets fucked from the beginning, man. I, I would have been out of there. For like sure. Cheryl is is drawing her little thing of a clock. 
And then yeah. the demon possesses her fucking hand, which I don't know if you notice her oh, hand. Oh, it makes her draw a SpongeBob? Evil SpongeBob? <laughs> they make her draw the Necronomicon. It straight up is an evil SpongeBob. It is an evil SpongeBob. But it's <laughs> supposed to watch that shit today. She draws, she's like, fuck this clock. Evil SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. And Cheryl doesn't really say shit about it either. Or, or uh, Yeah, she doesn't really say shit about it. She doesn't let it. anybody know. She doesn't say a damn thing. Um, and she she's getting spooked out, though. They're, they're, they're all together, though. They're eating their creamed corn. Yeah, they're eating, they're yeah. eating a dinner of cream corn and and liquor and fucking uh, <laughs> I don't know were they making like daiquiris some like some sort of little cocktail they, they had, had a, they brought I was noticing this is something that my my wife Erin pointed out that they this is one of the most seventies things about this movie is that these group of college age kids show up to party at a cabin in the woods and they bring with them a crystal punch bowl. <laughs> like, they it's did. so dated. It's like, yeah. you're not partying if you don't have a punch bowl. Yeah, you ain't fucking with me. You ain't fucking, <laughs> yeah. you ain't fucking with my crew. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, so they're, they're having their thing. Ash is given a pathetic toast. He is a limp-wristed scrub. He's got a, he's got a stutter. He does. He's weak and Only he's scared. <laughs> and, and, and if a better director and a better actor throughout three movies, the evolution of him would be better progressed. But they tried. They tried. Um, they tried. <laughs> uh, anyway... Act one ends when the cellar door fucking swings open. It's just like, boom, and then they're like, okay, what the fuck was that? And yeah. Scott goes down into the cellar. All right, so act two is pretty much everything that happens, in my mind, after they've gone into the cellar and they've retrieved a shotgun. Mm-hmm. They've retrieved the Necronomicon, which is disgusting. Yeah, It's like yellow, and it's just nasty. It's, it's got a man's face. It does have a man's face. It is very gross. It's one of the like the grosser things we see until actually any any violence starts popping off. And for all you horror movie heads, when they flip through the pages, one of the pages is the w- William Blake painting uh, Red Dragon. That if you like the film Red Dragon, yeah, it's or it's, the, you know the Hannibal Lecter series in general. Yeah, it's a it's that pic- it's that painting or it's like a picture of that painting basically. Yeah, um, big shots out to Raphines. Hell yeah! <laughs> anyway, they get the uh, recorder. And the recorder. They get the recorder back. They get the the recorder's the key thing. So they get all this shit back and they bring it upstairs. And they're like, "Oh shit! Look at the spooky shit!" So they hit the recorder, and a doctor comes on, uh, a professor of some sorts, that starts telling about his trip to the lost kingdom of Kandor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just like, you know, going through these things, and then they skip through, and eventually he's like reciting ancient Sumerian. And he tells him, like, this is the Book of the Dead. It is used to let the the demons, uh, those things living or resting beneath us but never dying, uh, able to take possession of human form. Like, yeah. to come in and gives them permission, basically. Otherwise, they can't possess you. So yeah. then old dumbass Scott, something happens, and they skip forward to him actually reading it. Yeah. Just and, fucking going in. Yeah. Like, just like, he's like, oh, this is a boring part. Can we skip to the chanting? Yeah, he just skips to the chanting, and then the, the only part of it is like, Kanda, Kanda, Kanda. And then there's a, then the ground breaks out. Yeah, the ground, and the red light comes through. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, it's it's not bad. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, it, you know, they put a lot of effort into that. I'm sure. Is that the scene, too, where Scott uh, threatens to break somebody's face? Yeah, this, okay, I have a note of this. That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah. Like, that, that is fucking nuts. Yeah, Scott reinforces the fact that he's a motherfucking asshole by telling one of the girls after she makes a joke about him that he might break her fucking face. Yeah, I was like... And then they just laugh it off. I was like, 
What the like, fuck is wrong with Scott? Like, how about you go see a fucking therapist or something, Scott? Jesus Christ. He's like, have you seen how tight my bell bottoms are? <laughs> yeah. I, I am angry all of the time. Yeah. No, I mean, he is just, yeah, that that alone is one of the, the hugest no-nos. If I was like, okay, Scott, are you out here threatening to break people's faces? Yeah. Like, you fucking, you, you pulled out this little dagger that has a skull, a alien face on okay, it. Okay, I forgot. Thank you for getting me back to the cellar, because I also forgot something, Liam. Yeah. This movie has the worst camera shot in recorded film history, yeah, in my yeah. opinion. And they do it again in the second movie. For some reason, Sam Raimi thinks it's cool. I don't know how many degrees it is, but it's Ash walking down the steps. He looks at the cellar. And then to show us the cellar, we decide to do kind of like a 360. But it, it is insanely slow. It's so bad. It's so slow and so disoriented that I don't even know. I'm like, is the cellar as big as a football field? Because this <laughs> yeah. is, it looks huge now. And I know this cabin's not that big. I know this fucking cellar's not that big. And it just, the, the camera just slowly, and there's nothing happening. No. There's nothing scary. You're just seeing like dried fruits hanging from the ceiling, I guess. Yeah, and, and you get a weird sense of like, there's some like, tools and weird shit yeah. down here like it's just generally spooky stuff but we could have had him just walk through it and yeah he could and just walk through the yeah and just showed it off like a, a much in a much better way that i hate that shit it's like it's like the the baby version of the scene from uh the it miniseries yeah where they uh, just <laughs> fucking yeah. round the table like yeah, there's yeah, just yeah. like 360 shots of this table over and over and over again this was just it was too long it and was it just way comes too back long. There's nothing different about, like, Bruce Bruce Campbell's face, he's yes. freaked out at the beginning, and then it turns around and shows a bunch of spooky shit, and he's still freaked out. So it's like, we haven't, it hasn't affected him in any way. Like, yeah. it's still, the, he's, he's just receiving, we're just receiving the information as well. And then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, well, that was long and boring. And also, why were you just standing there for that long? He was like, I had to wait for the camera to spin. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was mean, like, that was not a great choice. No, it was a, it's a really bad shot. It doesn't work. Don't do that. Don't do that shot. And then they do it. He doesn't do that. And he does it again in the second fucking movie. You like, don't do that. I guess he did. <laughs> you don't do that. Y'all not do that. Y'all not to do that shot. <laughs> I don't know. I just called it the worst shot in film history. Yeah. Um, Kudos, Sam Raimi. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so then they bring it up, and now the demons have been let loose. And uh, motherfucking, the first one to go is poor Cheryl, because she, Cheryl. she freaks the fuck out. Um, yeah. She freaks the phone. Some, something like either like bashes against a window or something or scares her. And we see all this from the the, the big evil's point of view. Yeah. It's because after they've read, the big evil is just circling, going from window to window. Yeah. Like looking at them. Well, she freaks out and Scott tells her to like lighten the fuck up and. Or she, I'll break your fucking face. Yeah. This is the first. Yeah. This fucking Scott. But like she starts, she does one of the, they do this a few times in the movie of just like incredibly long, loud screaming. And they, she's starting to like just scream for for seconds on end, and Scott is like, "You shut the fuck up, you dirty bitch!" And then yeah. a tree crashes through the window. That's right. That's right. And she's like, she has the best instincts in the movie. She's like, "It's not like we have to get the fuck out of here. Take me to town. This is bullshit. I need to leave here right now." Like, yeah, and then that's like ultimately. Is... Well, she, well, she doesn't completely freak out yet. She's like, "This is fucking crazy," 
And then, then we go to the scene with Ash, like, pouting, being like, oh, feel good. Oh, yeah, that's and, right, that's and, right, that's and right, Scott's yeah. like, hey, man, she's just a dumbass. And he's like, no, you ain't got to yell at her like that. He's, like, <laughs> he's just like, and this is the worst acting Ash does in the whole movie. Yeah. And he's just like, man, man. And he's just kind of like, you dumb son of a bitch, you do what I say. You tell your sister to shut up. And then Ash just kind of kicks some glass. This is not what I expected. Fucking hate But, yeah, no, Cheryl is like, putting on a robe or something to go outside because she sees something out of the window. Like, she guess she kind of catches a glimpse of the evil or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like, is somebody out there? Like, she hears me. She's like, who the fuck is out here? Yeah. And she looked good in that robe, too. I just want to quickly yeah, she, mention that. She doesn't work. Yes. And uh, then some the evil comes at her. Or she's, she's going outside, and she gets caught up in the trees. And the trees have all been possessed as well. Yeah. And this is the scene. All right, if you ever... If any if anybody's ever seen The Evil Dead, the original one, because I didn't realize they remade this movie. They did. I think in like 2011. Yeah, I yeah. haven't seen that. But Me either. I don't care to. I don't care to either. Uh, this this one has charm. <laughs> um, but this is the, the, the tree fucking. Like this tree, like. It's like, you know, it's got little limbs that are, are little twigs and, and vines that are like slowly like getting bang, binding her. I, at first up. I thought it was going to rip her apart I, yeah, or like I, impale her. Yeah. I guess it. But then there's just the there's just one shot of a branch that just like well it well when I knew it was gonna happen was when it grabbed her legs and yeah. then pulled the well and it got a titty out it did it got a titty out and it started going around a titty which it I mean tentacle hentai fans out there I'm sure all over the world were like we knew immediately what was happening <laughs> yeah it was like or at least we hoped yeah but like <laughs> yeah this is a this is a tough scene but it is it is an indicator of how weird and gross the movie is going to get. Oh, it gets so much fucking gross. Yeah. Like, it gets so gross. This is, yeah, I mean, this is, like, the famous scene. Yeah, and then, like, the tree, three limbs come down nowhere, boop, right yeah. up the vagina. Yeah. And, and and we're like, okay, she runs off, and that's when she comes in, she's like, we're getting the fuck out of here right the fuck now. And everyone's like, you need to calm down, dumbass. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Fuck you, Scott. Yeah. Fuck all y'all. I just got fucking raped by a tree. Yeah, y'all are going to take me to town right the fuck now. And I'm, there's a, there's a, there's a, a bunch of POV shots that she's getting oh, yeah. back to the house. But like she It uh, almost gets her. It almost gets her. It's like it this movie does it she's scary really man. fast. Yeah. Like I was noticing when she in those scenes where she's running back to the house like she is booking it. Yeah, she's fast. She's fast as hell. Yeah. But yeah, she's like she gets Ash to agree to take her into town and he like She's she's so quick. She catches on immediately. Like he's having trouble starting his car, and she's like, "It's not gonna let us leave." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, I will." Oh yeah, I will. And then the, the car cranked back up. And they get to the bridge, yeah. and the bridge is like mangled, up, mangled. Which I don't know if it was like the invisible. I don't think it was the invisible evil thing. Maybe it was, or it could have been the trees. Yeah, I mean, because in the second movie, the trees just straight. Of spoiler, the trees just like start walking around. <laughs> like they have faces, they have fucking faces, and they just start bashing the cabin into pieces. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. Yeah, the tree, the trees are not playing anymore. They have they have a CGI budget in the second movie, so the trees start moving. And there's like we have finally come to do some motherfucking damage. Yeah, like you got goose wad here, you got motherfucking problem. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't know how you fight the fucking trees. I guess you just get whooped. <laughs> you don't. You don't fight trees. I mean, you don't fight ants, so you don't fight evil trees. So, um, anyway, <clears throat> Cheryl gets back in there, and Cheryl's the first one to get possessed. Yeah. Because that's this these Kandarian demons' whole deal is they possess you. And when she gets every time when somebody gets possessed, what happens is they get turned into a hideous makeup monster. Yeah. Like a hideous makeup monster. Their eyes turn into like 
you remember when you were a kid and kids used to flip their eyelids up? Yeah, that's what your whole eye looks like. Yeah, they look they look like cataracts or like so like the like milky like white contact lenses that people can wear. Yeah, apparently they can only put these in for like fifteen minutes at a time. I bet they seem like they cover up their whole. Well, they I, do. I bet in fucking eighty. They the, do. The contact lenses that they were having to put in were like hard as shit. They do. Yeah, and, and not very comfortable. Yeah, I can't imagine having to wear that shit for very long. And apparently, Shelly, like when she actually ends up turning into a makeup monster, she um. Her mask was so intense that, like, when they pulled it off, they it pulled her eye or uh, her eyelashes off. Oh, jeez. Yeah, these. This was an unsafe movie to make. Yeah, it was a very unsafe movie. To make. <laughs> it was very unsafe to make. And anyway, so Cheryl fucking gets possessed, and she starts bitch. In fact, she has the my favorite funniest part to me in the movie is either one of the girls or Scott tries to restrain her while she's being possessed and turned into a demon. Yeah. And she just one hand slaps them (laughs) and knocks them across the fucking room. I think it's Ash. Yeah. It's just like one hand like pow. Yeah. Like just bitch. And just knocks them across the fucking room. They, they, um, they, they like think they've knocked her the fuck out or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then, uh, Shelly gets close to her. Or no, Linda. Linda gets close to her, and then she takes a pencil and just stabs it into her ankle. And this is like this is this is a hallmark of this movie. Okay, for the rest of this movie, this is what you need to know about the Evil Dead. When they do violence, when the gore is going to be insane, and it it will stay on the shot. It's not going to cut away. It's going to, like, she digs the pencil. Yeah. Like, digs the pencil into her fucking ankle. It's not just, like, up, down. Like, she starts playing with it after a minute. And this scene gives me some fucking heebie-jeebies. Yeah, I do not like it. It reminded me a lot. I I assume that uh, fucking, uh, who was it, Eli Roth, who did Hostel, took that, you know, the the Achilles tendon scene. I'm sure that, like, that took major inspiration from this because it's just like, like, right into that, the back of her ankle. And the blood that comes out, they said, is like a mixture of like corn syrup, I think, some kind of syrup and non dairy creamer. Yeah, it's um, it is caro syrup, non dairy creamer, and red food coloring. Um, and yeah, it it it's so thick that like Bruce Campbell's shirt, it got so much on it that like he dried it off and it broke his shirt. Yeah, it solidified the shirt into one like a piece of clay, and then yeah. it just broke. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh damn, I broke my shirt. It's like, did you tear it? No. Broken. This shit is the thickest blood you'll ever see in any movie. I yeah. swear, right now. It, it is gross. It is super gross. It's like, I don't, I mean, I, I'm trying to con, compa, com, it's like, it's almost like oil. It's, I mean, it's, but oil's like thinner than water, more biscuits. This is thicker. Yeah, it's like clogged up oil. Like, like, or, oil, I mean, like, ga- like gasoline. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is like sludge. Yeah, this is like sludge. Straight up. It was nasty. And the it, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And there's a lot of it. But yeah, this is this is Cheryl Cheryl gets Linda. She gets Linda and then they manage to get Cheryl into the um cellar. The cellar. And, and chain uh, that motherfucker up. And this is where I think Act Three happens. Yeah. Okay, so Act Act One, they arrive at the cabin, some spooky shit happens. Act two begins with the entry into the cellar and the retrieval of the recorder. Act three is when they have Cheryl chained into the cellar and we just keep thinking of this American life because of all the act, act one they all arrive at the cabin act two Cheryl is overcome by zombies act three Cheryl is locked in the basement we now move on to act four produced by Shruti Pinamane <laughs> sorry let's go ahead in, uh, in act and any so, chance to break out Ira Glass you know what I'm saying yeah. in act three 
Um, we have Cheryl chained up, and like her face is now full makeup monster, disgusting. Yeah, and she is just yelling shit at them and scaring the fuck out of me. Like you're all gonna die. She looks like a puppet. She does look like a puppet, and many times she is a puppet. She is a puppet. She and is many times. Well, like sometimes it looks like just a straight up doll. Yeah. Like, no, when when they actually get her in, when they when Scott like bangs her fucking face in to get her into the cellar, <laughs> yeah. that is just a doll, yeah. and it just keeps it's bouncing like a back. Tiny, yeah. like a baby doll, like a tiny little doll. <laughs> yeah, they, they cut back to it like yeah. three or four times. And they really shouldn't have. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> this movie is not. I mean, like the other the hallmark of this series later is that it's very comedic. It's very funny later. This yeah. movie is. Not meant to be funny. It's it not is meant to be funny. Just meant to be scary, and it is so fucking funny at some. It points. is really funny at some. Like it I mean, scared the fuck out of me when I was young. By the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm shit. It's scary now. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's still not, scary. It's, I mean, it's still scary. It's not like uh, many times when it means to be scary, it is funny. But like, there are parts of this movie that are genuinely either disgusting, like or, genuinely, yeah, genuinely disgusting, or like actually scary. There's some jump scares in this. No, movie. No, this me. movie is like king of the jump scares. It lo- anytime you turn a corner, you just be ready because. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah, I, I, fuck, God, this movie just scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> but um, they put her in the basement and they bang the shit down. I even have a note here. The movie really likes to jump scare the fuck out of you. Yeah, um, it does. And in Act 2, it, it's it's a little plotting for a while as we get like some backstory where the demons, like it possesses, uh, I believe Shelly is the next one that gets possessed. Yes. And I can't remember exactly how she got possessed. Uh, I think she goes to check on... Linda, maybe, or she goes. Maybe does she step too close to the cellar, and then Cheryl gets her. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the, they get kind of fast and loose with the possessions. Yeah, it gets really crazy. Except for Ash, who is except like for Ash. somehow like immune or something. There was no, like he gets 15... possessed in the second movie, but oh, okay. uh, in this one, I think it's because he like burned the book. Oh, okay, that's what my kind of rational has. Like that, that's kind of gives him a little immunity or something. Yeah, I mean in the in the second one he his hand gets possessed and he cuts his fucking hand off. Yeah, he's like fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you hand. Yeah. So Shelly gets possessed. <laughs> Shelly gets possessed and she straight levitates into the air and she's like why have you awakened us from our slumber? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then she's just like time for some exposition and world building. <laughs> yeah. And she's just she's just like and we're like, we don't really care that much. Let's get to the gore. <laughs> yeah, let's get to the gore. And uh, then, the, then they're like, okay, here we motherfucking go. So this yeah. is where they fucking, Shelly goes after him, and they, they stab her with the fucking bone knife that they brought yeah. from the cellar. Which seems like it does something. It seems then... like it does something from for a minute. Like it's, It seems like an important item. It makes like a, a bunch ritualistic of sacrifice pop out of her. Uh, 2% milk. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it yes, it's 2% milk. <laughs> Yeah, it's two percent milk. Like the they like a bunch of two percent milk flies out of her, and she bites her own hand off. Yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, it, like he like cut her hand, and she like watch me like, and she just <laughs> bites her own fucking. Everyone just sits, stands there, amazed at what she's doing. They're like, don't do anything to her right now. <laughs> this is crazy, bro. Yeah, and this is like Ash's being a coward section of the movie. Yeah. Like, he really doesn't man up until, like, the last 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, they fucking... Then Scott goes ham-a-lam and oh, yeah. fucking just chops, her. Chops Cheryl into pieces, and she's just, like, quivering yeah. fucking bits on the ground. And this is after Ash has listened to more of the recording and realized that he's, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, the they've said it. like, you gotta dismember him. He's like, I, I had to, you know, I had to do it to my wife. Yeah. Or at least he says he did. Yeah. And there, there, are like, there are graves outside we find later. Yeah, there are graves. It's just kind of like, maybe you should be a little bit alarmed by the fact that there are graves at your vacation cabin. Yeah, and they look pretty fresh. Yeah. But anyway, they cut Cheryl into pieces and they go in the barrier, which uh, 
Shelley. Shelley, sorry. Shelly. Sherwin Bateman. Which, yeah. It, which, uh, when Shelly first turned into a zombie, or not a zombie, a demon, my bad, because these are definitely yeah. not zombies. They, she falls on the fire, and like Cheryl's like, get her out of the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, you should probably have burned her. Yeah. Because it feel like the, the fire would actually just straight kill the bitch. Get rid of her. Yeah. Yeah. Can't fucking possess dust. No. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, anyway, then they get back in, and fucking Linda's the next one. Yeah. Linda, and then and this weird sped up shot where like the pencil wound that she got from Cheryl earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. Like spider webs into all of her body, and she is like the least dangerous of all the possessed people. She just kind of turns into a doll. Yeah, and, and just like and laughs like crazy. Ooh, to cut back really quickly to Sh- to Shelly. Shelly, when she gets stabbed with the bone knife thing, screams so loudly and for so long. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had to take s- my fucking headphones yeah, off. Yeah, I considered turning the movie off. I was like, this is, this is no. Like, this isn't frightening. This isn't off-putting. It is just fucking annoying. No, you're right, dude. She, she screamed for way too long. It's like a minute. You know, it's insane. Like, go and time it. I think that would be a cool thing for a listener to do. Yeah. Time how long fucking Shelly screams because... It's fucking intense. It is forever. It's really intense. I mean, and it's horrible. It's like it's this a like horrible scream, guttural screaming, and it just goes on for so long. I was like, we are already over, pretty over the top, yeah. in this movie in terms of violence and gore. We don't need to add sound torture. Like, and it I hasn't even disturbed. gotten. It hasn't even gotten to its final form. No, no, not at all. Like not the gore all. is about to go. Yeah. Over the fucking... Insane. Yeah, insane. Like, <laughs> but back to Linda. Linda turns into a fucking doll doll girl and she you know and scott's like fuck this bitch and scott's already yeah. gone so scott's scott's left and i believe scott comes back when right when Lindsay turns it he does and he's fucked up and he's he's been whooped by the trees he's just like they won't let us leave yeah and then we're all gonna die here yeah and you have no sympathy for him because he was talking about punching women in the face he's an asshole yeah he's a, just a, he abandoned ash yeah big Linda. time major dick yeah he's a huge he's a huge dick so you don't care about him, but Linda is sitting there, and she's just got a horribly annoying laugh. It just won't fucking stop. And the greatest fucking scene with Linda in it happens when her and Ash are fighting. He just gets mad at her and drags her out of the cabin. He's like, oh, this is for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. He just drops her in a spotlight. He's like, hey, hey, why don't you just chill out right here in this little light spot outside so I can keep an eye on you. <laughs> and then just yeah. walks the fuck back inside like, okay, problem solved. Yeah. Like, we're good. Everything's fine. And then Ash, Ash eventually, eventually has to fight her out there. And uh, he fucking, like, takes a shovel. And this scene is just fucking hilarious. Like, it's just a close-up, uh, like, a medium shot of her, like, flying in the air. And then he just lightly swings the shovel yeah. and just clips her head off <laughs> in midair. And it's just so obviously a fucking puppet. Oh, my God. It's just ridiculous, off dude. Off the strength. He's just like, clink. It just takes her fucking head off. It just takes her head off. And this is after he couldn't do it with a chainsaw. Yeah, he couldn't like, do he it with a chainsaw. He chains her up in this, like, nightmare shed that is made for strapping things down to a table and, like, cutting up. And he has this, it's a cool scene, too, because it's like, it's like, a guy like about to repair his car, so like it's like a montage moment. Where he's like clink, clink, yeah. like strap, strap, like he's strapping her in. It's like oh shit, he's turning into a badass. 
which is like a foreshadowing for the other two movies yeah. where he does become a badass. But then this time they're like, never mind. Never and mind. Just, not yet. Not yet. And he just takes her out. He's like, oh, no, we're good. And then he takes her I head off with a shovel. I was about to dismember you with a chainsaw, but I thought second. So. But he straight does one-handed with a shovel. <laughs> yeah. Like Apparently, he's so fucking strong. Because I was like, you just took her whole head off with this one swipe of a shovel. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'll be pumping him guns. And the next movie, the, you know, they redo that scene again. Really? Yeah, they do it again. I was like, it's like I actually majored in shovel swinging. I can decapitate uh, anyone from a shovel from 50 yards. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can actually bend it around a tree uh, and kick your head off. Have you ever seen Wanted? Yeah, I well, can bend the shovel. <laughs> but they they get back in there, and lo and behold, old <laughs> fucking Cheryl's gotten out. Cheryl! I was she, like, she's escaped, and she is hideous. She comes for him out the side of a window, which is really, I have a big problem with this. She, like, attacks him through a window because there is a rule in this movie that you that the, the demons cannot come through the windows that are <laughs> huge and open. They because got no hops. apparently they keep trying to bust through a door. <laughs> like, the, one of the last scenes of the movie uh, is Cheryl trying to bust through the door, and Ash is, like, blocking her from coming in, and there is an open window Three feet from the door. Yeah, human sized. Human sized window Huge that she window. can. That, that is maybe a foot off the ground. And Ash, when he comes back into the to the house, he's like all freaked out because he's essentially alone. He's like, "Oh, front door!" And then he's like, he's, he gets the front door closed onto Cheryl's hand and like bops her hand off. And he's like, oh, "Back door!" And then he has to run by like four open windows on the way to the back door yeah. to close it. He's just like, "All right, that's safe. That's safe. That's safe. Back door. Got it." Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a little gaff here. Is like he smashes her fucking hand in with a shotgun butt, and it bleeds everywhere. Yeah. And when they cut back to that spot when her hand's not there, the blood's all gone. No. Um, but, <clears throat> yeah, uh, this is where the movie goes fucking wild. Like, the last 15 seconds of the movie, 15 seconds of the movie, Sam Raimi uses every camera angle that he knows in every shot that he knows and puts it all in this movie to make you... And he does. this is the most effective use of these weird camera angles because it makes you, the audience, tr- he's trying to make you feel as scared and disoriented as Ash feels yeah. in the house because Ash is terrified. Yeah. Like, the clock is stopped. He's like, now alone. He's alone, and he knows at least there's one possessed demon person trying to come after him, and then suddenly Scott hops up from the fucking couch, and Scott just whoops his ass. He's yeah. like, well, if your woman demon was whooping you, this man demon go whoop you real bad. <laughs> yeah. And they make Scott just really strong. Until he, Ash puts his fucking fingers through his pudding eyes, and <laughs> yeah. just and this is and now Ooh, we're in, that is some of the thickest, gloobiest blood. Oh yeah, this is like this, now we're in Ooh. this showstopper time. Yeah. Like now it's showstopper time. That really kind of kicks off this the final scene. The final scene is where Cheryl Demon and Scott Demon try to take him out, try to take Ash out, and he does. This is still so lame to me. Like he like throws his little present, which is like a little looking glass thing yeah. necklace that he tried to give to Linda earlier, and he like. Catches the book, but he was close like enough earlier. The I feel like of the book. Yeah, I was feeling like he was close enough earlier to grab it. Oh, for sure. But like, I think Scott may have dragged him. He back did, a but bit. I was like, I was like, why are you trying to pull it to you? I thought you would have grabbed something to knock it into the fire. Yeah, oh, that and, would have been my thought. And there's another scene where Scott is trying to like hold his legs down, but he's got a free leg, and instead of like kicking. Scott in the fucking face. Yeah. He's just like dragging his ankle over Scott's head. <laughs> very literally. He's just like. Very impotent. I was like, you could have just straight kicked him in the fucking face. But that would have been counterintuitive to the plot. But anyway, he gets the Necronomicon, the Book of the Dead. Necronomicon? Into the fire. 
And when he does, this is like the rest of the budget of the movie is now used on what's about to happen. Because mm-hmm. this is about to be the nastiest stop motion, claymation. The longest. Longest. I mean, these things, first of all, they dissolve into disgustingness. Like pus and green and ooze and 2% milk and all of it. Yeah. And then they like turn into skeletons. And then after you think it's completely done. Yeah. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. Then. Like skin melting shit. Two. F- oh, yeah. It's way nastier. Yeah. And then two fucking giant demon hands come out of each of them. Yeah. And bust them into pieces. And then to top it all off, they fall on the ground and cream corn. Like straight <laughs> yeah. up cream corn. Just leaks out of there. I was like, you you made this horrible, disgusting death montage yeah. or death sequence for these demons. There's like a little cream corn in there too. And then nasty. there was cream corn, and then they cut back to it, and there are roaches on the cream corn. Yeah, I was like, where the roaches come from? It's like these demons don't play by any kind of rules. Any kind of rules. <laughs> yeah. Any kind of rules. I feel like Sam Raimi just really must hate cream corn. He, he must like, hate it. And he's just like, oh yeah. And then the demon, like when they're in final form, <laughs> cream, cream, corn cream corn come out. Cream corn come out. There's some roaches on it. Fuck cream corn. I fucking hate cream. I corn. hate cream corn. Mama, I told you I don't want to eat it. <laughs> He's like working through some shit. Yeah, and then he turned them into like little kind of like green, purple, glittery dust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how they finally go. But I mean, this is this shit took a long time. Oh like, yeah. This is pure stop motion, and it is. I was like, this took a long fucking time. It to is. Do. I mean, it is layer by layer. They are yeah. not quick about dissolving these people. It really couldn't shouldn't have been so long. It, I, I, yeah, but it's the it, but that's it's, the thing. That's their why, thing. It's the hallmark of the movie. It's yeah. like why it's so famous is that it is excessively extremely gory. And yeah. for a long time. Like usually you don't see the, I mean and that's what makes this like a cult movie. Yeah, because you don't see the gore for very long. Yeah. If this is if this is just a regular, like shitty B horror movie from the eighties, then it's just, you know, normal slasher gore, like, you know, people are getting not taken out with knives and shit, but this is like body possession to the extreme, like super campy makeup, but then also ultra violence at yeah. the end. And that's that's what elevates this movie. To the point of being a cult classic, because otherwise the movie's not very good. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. It's just extreme. Yeah. You know? And then our ever-present um, invisible evil that had been coming close and always stopping at the door of the cabin um, finally decides to bust through the both doors of the cabin and run right up to Ash, which mm-hmm. is kind of where the second movie should have started, um, but it, it gets there. Um, yeah. So that's the end of Evil Dead. And uh, I, I don't know. What I loved about the movie, uh, doing a lot with little. I think Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell really committed to this film and nearly went bankrupt to pull it off. Yeah. I think uh, Sam Raimi showed that he was very creative of what he can do with the camera um, just because he really wanted his film to stand out. And I like that a lot. It just it took a lot of effort. I don't think that he's anywhere close to a master. Right. At right. all. But I think that... Certainly not with this movie. No, I don't think period. But I think that... He, yeah, but this is like being like this is just like a big swing that he took when no, he was still yeah. pretty much an amateur. young, yeah. And he took a lot of took a lot of risks and he 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 tried really hard and he was creative and he made something cool. And I think that's I think what really I take from this movie is that you can you can make a good movie with a, with you know with some amount of money. I'm not I'm not ever gonna say that you can start your life as a filmmaker with a zero budget. I, I don't I don't know. Maybe you could, but for me you need you need enough money to to make people have want to watch yeah to pull off effects and shit you need some but even with a a very small budget you can make a movie worth watching and that people will really enjoy if you put in the time and you care enough and you have the effort 
Yeah, this is a definite guy. You were saying we were talking about this earlier. You're, it's a definite case of like where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah, and they just straight up make this movie out of sheer force of will. I mean, the working conditions that they had were horrible. Yeah, they were. I mean, they're living on set in a cabin, like in the wintertime. Fucking, they are putting up the like putting up Bruce Campbell putting up his house. Yeah, he put up like his house. huge stakes. I mean, they just like white knuckled this shit out. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's really it's 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 commendable because it worked out. If it, it hadn't worked out, it would just It'd be, be one like of those tragic tales. Yeah, Bruce Campbell would be a cautionary tale, and Bruce Campbell would be like, "This is how I ruined my life trying yeah. to make a movie." But um, yeah, it's it's definitely Mark. Mark, <laughs> I'm falling apart, Lisa. Uh, apart, Lisa. <laughs> Everybody betray me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 a it's a definite cult classic. I mean, it's not. I am not in the cult for this movie right. necessarily. It's um, it's I can appreciate the lengths that they went to to make it stand out, and it's very like, it's it's visually effective. Like it's yeah. it's pretty stunning at the end to watch all that crazy gore and shit go on. And there's a few genuine scares along the way for sure. Yeah, and I, I dug it. What I was like mad on and didn't really like was they had some parts that were so ridiculous that it was inadvertently funny. Like even for the time, like I've already mentioned the having the windows open and having nothing to obstruct the demons from coming in through the windows and having them only try to come through the doors. I was like, this is kind of yeah. dumb. And in the second movie, they put boards on the windows because they were like, okay, that was stupid. Yeah. We should have had some... I think that was just a straight-up oversight. I was like, that... Yeah. Because cause some... Anybody could have raised their hand and be like, hey, man, there's like an open, huge window right yeah. next to the there's door. There's basically another door right there. There's another door right there. Yeah. And like, these things can obviously see. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't have Except to be Scott. smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, he got his fucking eyes poked yeah. out. Um. I, and then the actors are fucking terrible. Every, you know, <laughs> like, every, Scott's fucking atrocious. You know, everybody's, everybody's, like, really, really bad. Like, they're they're really bad. But, yeah, sure. you know, I'm sure they did it for almost nothing, and that was cool. And um, I, I don't think Cheryl, I think Cheryl's the best actor. Big shouts out to Cheryl. Yeah, I, I, I she never took off like Bruce Campbell, you know, kind of took off. But yeah. and Bruce Campbell's a great guy, so good for him. Um, but I thought Cheryl might have been the sleeper of this film, and I we never so got too. to see what she could have done. I think so, too. I mean... Definitely, Ellen uh, Sandweiss. Yeah, absolutely, Ellen Sandweiss. Um, the only woman in this movie who appeared as her uh, under her actual name. <laughs> the woman playing Shelley appeared as Sarah York, and her name is Teresa Tilly. And um, the guy playing Scott appeared as uh, Hal Delrick. His well, that might be a new stage name that he's adopted, Richard Demanicor. Yeah, <laughs> but um. Yeah, Evil Dead was uh, was wild. I should, should we start a, a a segment at the end where we say whether or not we're in the cult? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I'm in the cult. I'm you're in the cult for the Evil Dead. You're in the cult for the Evil Dead. I, I'm, you know, I'm standing outside. I got a, I got my, I'm propped up on my my elbow in the doorway, looking in. Like I'll enjoy it. You should watch uh, Army of Darkness. It's funny. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'll That's funny. All right, that has been the cult of classics, and uh, yeah. I have a weird, lame NPR voice, apparently. <laughs> Listen to motherfucking again next week when we do another cult classic film.